0: Project-based learning is what we're gonna need Guide them through the project cause that's just what they need I got to find a reason, the reason things went wrong I got to find the reason why their attention's all gone I got a valuation and they could still score high they still learn something and everything will be alright <laughs> uh, so for this podcast, the kids have to sing, so for spoiler alert, that's what they gotta do for their project activity, therefore I gotta sing. If they gotta do it, I gotta do it. Hey, welcome to the podcast, this is Kane Ku from Cohort 5, Module 3, Unit 3, Activity 3, we're talking about Project-Based Learning, PBLs, which basically, the kids tell you what they want to learn, rather than you standing up there, kids sitting in rows, and you tell them, everything that they need to learn. Okay, so it's like kind of like flipped roles. I think it's a lot better. Kids get to learn what they want, and it's a lot more creative and interesting to instruct as well. So I conducted a survey with 30 of my ninth graders, which I've included in the submission, if you want to check it out, for visuals and stuff. I explained to them that I want to use this survey to design more engaging lessons than just the textbook we currently use which they write a standardized test for at the end of the term. And that is the truth. I asked them to please answer honestly and everything remains confidential. It's going to benefit not just them but other grades we could design electives for. I asked them five questions in the survey starting off with any games they played on their phones. This is good because it puts them at ease and also lets me have an idea of what type of apps their phones could handle. If they're playing high-intensive graphic games, they should be able to edit little photos and videos here and there. And the other thing is, it shows me what type of activities they're into. So for example, right off the bat, I noticed a lot of my students were into a game called Clash of Clans, which is a super popular strategy game that grossed a billion dollars in revenue in the first year of release. That's nine zeros in the first year. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of players. Okay. And know my I know people my age who play it too so on that note this was the project for my activity smartphone addiction I'll discuss all the questions I use with them in a little bit but the driving question for this project was how is smartphone addiction affecting our lives and what are some things we could do to reduce our usage the first thing we're going to learn is about the signs of addiction We will use BrainPop, which is an interactive online education platform to learn about addiction and then do a quick quiz on it for assessment. Students will also read about articles about dopamine and smartphone addiction, and we'll have a discussion on it. By connecting smartphone use into the model, this, this activity will enable students to connect addiction, not just with common ones like substance abuse and illicit drugs. I, I hope they're not, they're not using any illicit drugs. Uh, but anyway, so it's, a, it's something so common as a cell phone that they have in their hands throughout the day, and that could be addictive as well. So after learning about addiction, the next subject is going to be social studies. Students will learn about netiquette, which is internet etiquette, how to behave online and how their privacy is uh, exposed online. Doing this activity is going to help them because students use these things on a daily basis, but there's no education on it in our current curriculum. Now that students are aware of addiction mechanisms, they will be asked to find out what rates of smartphone addiction is in their own school. So we'll go over uh, re- response, response biases and teach them about making surveys and make sure they don't use any leading questions. So this will test their sample qu- questions in class, ask their peers how the question sounds, is the question too nosy, trying to get private info about people, or, or and does it use biases and, and all that. Now that they know how to design a survey, the next thing is going to be in computer class, students will learn how to conduct surveys using Google Forms so they can find out how students in the school are addicted to smartphones. I'll ask them how people use to do surveys, print paper, distribute it, collect them all, and go over each sheet manually and tally the results. That would take forever. Google Forms will help do it in seconds. It's such an amazing 21st century skill to know how to do surveys using tech. Uh, There are plenty of other apps too, but my school is on G Suite, so it's already set up anyway, so I prefer to use that one just for convenience. And then students will also learn how to collate the data using Microsoft Excel what's a column, what's a row, what's a function, what's a formula to use, and they can transfer these skills to use them to help research data in other other courses. And help them in the future too for computing tasks and extrapolate data, which is used by business owners, banking, even teaching, something I use on a daily basis, right? Uh, once they've gathered the data, then we'll move on to a math class where they'll learn the different types of graphs to use to represent all the data that they've collected using common types of graphs like pie charts or line graphs and so on and then they'll be able to uh, they'll be they'll be asked to share why they chose to use certain graphs over others and the class will vote which graphs provided an easier way to understand information and share what they understood from each other's presentations and after collecting the data, students can now put that information to make it easier to digest and easier for them to remember, offering a deeper level of understanding. So, and then finally, after learning the science of addiction, survey etiquette, netiquette, and social studies, uh, gathering survey data from Google, Google tools, and Excel and computer studies, and then math class, students will finally collaborate together in doing artwork. So in this case, in the first one is going to be designing a poster on Canva to raise awareness of the issue of smartphone addiction. Uh, side note, Hannah from our cohort mentioned that in her discussions um, that she wants to use Canva for marketing campaign. I think this is an excellent idea because Canva is something I've spoken loudly and proudly about before because I use it in my own projects. I think it's super user-friendly and since I'm quite familiar with it, I could also guide students along if they need assistance. Um, students with artistic aptitudes, so if they, they can draw, they can paint on all that, I'm not going to limit them. They can still do all that and then just take a photo of it using their smartphones and then upload that onto Canva to just enhance and personalize the content that they're making so I think it's a win-win for both sides and same goes likewise if the student doesn't have any ability to draw now they can and I've said that before Um, the second part is to create a song using Soundtrap to introduce ways of reducing smartphone use (laughs) yeah you guessed it this is this is this is why I was singing in the beginning Anyway, don't worry, I'm not gonna do another one. Don't you worry. So like Soundtrap lets students with little musical background to express themselves by using built-in, simple-to-use music studio that empowers them to be creative. And then the last part is for the newspaper articles or the collaborate on Google Docs and share their findings on there. By composing news articles on Google Docs, we have G Suite, like I said before, we'll be able to track progress and offer, I can offer support whenever, whenever they need it. And I can see all the written assignments in real time. So, and I chose Canva, Soundtrap, and Google Docs because I personally have experience using all three of these apps. And they're also free for iPhone and Android users. So they can work on it at school or work it at, on it at home or on the bus. Any, anywhere they are, they have, everything's on the cloud so you can just continue where you left off at any time. From my virtual classroom discussions with Mina, she mentioned that her students have a strict cell phone policy, but they do have iPads. I think, I think that's better. If the school offers iPads, use that. Most apps, most apps that work on iPads, you can also work on them on your phones. Like I said before, if it's on the cloud, you can just pick up where you left off anyways. And same with me, if, if my students need to work on a project that's more resource intensive, I could just take them to the computer lab because we have access to that. Such a nice system set up, so we could use whatever is there. And there is no right tech for the job, right? We just need to find out what they have. And the second thing is what they like and then plan around that. So with that said, we need to find out what they have. So let's go back to the five question survey I use with my ninth graders. The first one we've covered already, which was about the games they played. Uh, The second one I asked them was to write about an experience they've had using their cell phone for working on a school assignment. And since we've just come out of quarantine, they've all said that they use a whole array of tools for their assignments. So now I know they definitely use their phones for schoolwork also. The third question I asked them was to list some apps they currently use to help them with schoolwork. They use Google and Naver, which is a Korean search engine, to search for things. So I think one of my lessons in the future could be to go over media literacy and how to spot fake news and how to use reputable sources for research. The fourth question asks whether they've used their phones for editing photos or videos before. I also listed Instagram and TikTok as valid ones they could, they could put in their answers. It turns out 70% of them use Instagram. And many of them also have mentioned that they've edited videos with their phones before. Since this ninth grade has a high percentage of them using these videos and photo tools, I'm probably going to implement a project that involves photos and videos in the future. The last and final question I asked them was to share about an experience making PowerPoint presentations on their phones. Since we tend to do a lot of presentations at our school for projects, and it turns out 55% said they use their phones for making slides. Well, that's it. There's my project. Some of my findings and, you know, what works for my students and for me might not work for you and vice versa. All right, this is a crazy long podcast. I'm going to stop it here. Thank you for listening. See you on Monday. Bye-bye.